Good morning, Moore Tribe. Welcome to our version of Church Online. We hope to bring a piece of our home and authentic atmosphere to wherever you are right now. If you have never been to Moore, we invite you to come through our doors and be greeted with love and kindness no matter who you are. To see what we're all about, you can visit our Facebook page or go to our website at ilovemore.org. You can also use the website to give online. We appreciate all your support, and we pray the presence of God would fill your home right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Are y'all ready to get started? Oh, I'm so excited. It's so good to see people in here. It's so good to just be with you today. And it's so good to be with the Lord today. And I just want to um, encourage you all to just let loose and let the weight of the world right now just fall off of you. Just, just let the Lord's presence bring what it always brings. And He, gosh, God... You take every burden off of our shoulders. God, you, your presence and your love just makes everything feel lighter. So God, we come to you and we just worship you as a family all in one room today. God, we wanna bless your name above everything. Let every word from every song and every note from our instruments, God, just bless your mighty name. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for this day. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Listen. 
for today is just that you would feel the same thing that this song says just the air getting lighter and the sun getting brighter as you feel yourself just letting go and worshiping the name of the Lord See it in the leaves They dance, remind 
is so good <sighs> to be in the presence of the Lord with his people. <laughs> There's nothing like it. I am so thankful for online I'm so thankful, but there's nothing like this, nothing like this, community and loving each other. So I'm so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to make a bunch of announcements real quick. Um, welcome back. This is, <clears throat> this is phase one of us um, opening. Um, you'll notice we don't have any donuts or coffee right now. Um, there's no Sunday morning classes right now. Um, we're not passing the baskets to take offering. And so in saying that real quick, I want to give you all the options of giving. Um, if you want to give right now, Lyndall is in the back and Wendy is out in the foyer. But what we're trying to do is suggest to people to give at the front desk if you're using debit or credit. Um, at the front desk before you come in or even after you go. But, of course, if you want to give right now, Lyndall is back there. You can give online, um, electronically. Um, just go to our webpage, ilovemore.org. And um, you can also give. <laughs> okay, if you have cash and envelopes, there are offering boxes all in the back that you can just drop it in. And the bank drafts, um, that is one of the, easiest ways to do it just automatically comes out and Lyndall says if you want to do that and get set up to do that just contact him Lyndall raise your hand wave your hand around okay there's Lyndall back there um so again going back to this phase one um you'll notice also that there's hand sanitizers all over the church you know use those you know whenever you want to um we're wiping down out in the foyer all the the kids and and the youth are, um, um, we're wiping down surfaces, we're taking temperatures, we're doing all that we know to do right now in, in this phase to help protect us all, okay? And uh, we're not in fear, we just want to be sure that you know that we're not in fear, we're just using wisdom and, uh, in all that we do, and we're going to have a lot of grace and consideration for one another, okay? Now I want to give a short little, um, let me say this too. There's no, I may have already said this, there's no classes meeting on Sundays. And home groups are, are not coming back right now. We'll be in contact with you probably starting in September. And there, we have three home groups going right now. It's the Woods, raise your hands, and Kara and Justin Young, and then the Duncans and the Hadleys. So we raise your hand. Okay, awesome. All right, so now I want to give a short testimony. Um, I tested positive for coronavirus back in June. And it really has changed my perspective on a lot of things. First of all, um, if you haven't gone to listen to Pastor Daryl's little message to all of us on starting back, I would really suggest you do that because he goes in depth more about all of this. But I love more.org, and you can just click on that little video. Um, but we are asking people, you know, to wear masks as they come in. And as they leave, you know, and as you worship or whatever and get seated, you're, you know, welcome it, to take them off. It's not, you don't have to at all. It's not mandated. Um, we're just strongly suggesting it and following the rules of, you know, our governor, our leadership over us has asked us to do those things. 
But from coming from the perspective of having had this, you know, I just, I, I said, you know, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. Saying that, <laughs> um, knowing in my head that I'm not going to get this. I'm not getting this. My body's strong. My immune system's strong. And I'm a dental hygienist. I wear a mask all the time. I wear, I'm around germs all the time. I've never had the flu. I'm not getting this. Well, I did. And I didn't just get a mild case. I got a pretty strong case. And it humbled me very, very much. I also was, you know, really sick. And the enemy whispered to me, you know, Becky, you could die of this. You could die. You're a smoker, ex-smoker, sorry. I quit back in October, praise God. And uh, <clears throat> I, have a, I have tested positive for autoimmune disease. And that lie just came in, and it really scared me. And so Lyndall prayed for me. I prayed for me. And so many of y'all prayed for me, and I felt those prayers. Lyndall had a mild case, which thank God he did. Um, but thank you for all your calls and texts and prayers. They, I really felt them. They meant a lot to me. The other thing... Um, that really, you have to go back 48 hours once you contract this disease and call everybody that you were around. And that's just not fun to do. I know it wasn't my fault, but there's still, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, you know, being sick like this and just saying, you're going to get it if you're going to get it, which is still true. I still don't want you to get it, you know. So, therefore, what I learned through this is to be a little bit more cautious and I will be wearing a mask and I will be paying attention and being considerate of people but I do it be considerate for you you know I wouldn't want you to get this and so anyway I just I wanted to just share a little bit from somebody who's had this and how it felt and uh, man I, I love you guys and uh, there's one more thing first fruits offering okay is that all I've missed? That's all I've missed. Okay, there were so many. So first fruits offerings, y'all, were, were um, giving to a garage for the van. We gave that last month, and we're doing it this month. It's very, very important that we protect that. We've had so many things stolen off of it, and we even, Lyndall and I, parked it at our house through this time of not being in church for its protection. And so we want to protect our van. So let's give to build a garage. Okay, I love you guys so much and so glad we're back together. And we're going to stay together. Amen. Wow. How's everybody today? Are you glad to be back? I know, I am too. Really glad. And like Becky said, you know, our intention is to be back and stay back. We're going to stay here and you know, it was unfortunate. You starting back in June, we really did feel like it was the Lord, and uh, and I do think it was the Lord. I don't think we missed a thing, but it didn't work out the way I thought it would. But I think that that's uh, that's okay. We're back together now, and I don't want to uh, ever back up from being together again. Uh, it's been a really weird time, peculiar time, and. Uh, it's been a difficult time for a lot of people. It's been a difficult time for a lot of you. You know, there's, um, um, 
A lot of you that have financial hardship, you know, I know that there's many of you that haven't, but there's a lot of you that have because you haven't been able to work. I know, especially in the restaurant industry and in the bar industry and different things, there's just a lot of people that have no way of making a living. And uh, it's been really rough. And, and it's been difficult for a lot of people that um, they're lonely. You know, there's just a lot of people that want contact with other people. I know a lot of you were really glad when we went into this quarantine. You felt like this is finally it. But um, there's a lot of people that want physical touch, and they uh, dry up from not being able to be around people. And so it's been, it's been tough. That social distancing is, is hard on a lot of people. And no church. I mean, it's just been difficult to not be here with you guys. And I know that we've done church online and all that kind of stuff, but just looking out and seeing y'all and, and, you know, I'm really, 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 really glad to be back. And then this whole wearing a mask thing, you know. I know everybody, how many of you love wearing a mask? Okay, thanks, Roy. That's the only one. <laughs> That's because he wore one in his former life. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just picking on you. Picking on you. Okay. Um, anyway, I've got a 30-second clip here that's kind of a public service announcement. I just want to see if you relate to it about wearing a mask. So. can relate, I'm sure. Um, that's how I feel kind of when I get out of the store. And then I think about all the people that have to work at them, like eight solid hours. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And Shelly's nodding her head. So, you know, but I'm continuing a series that I've been preaching for a couple of weeks here on called What's Next? Because many things in our world have changed. Many things have changed. I mean, church, we don't have any coffee and donuts out there. You know, that's changed. And uh, you're like, well, what's the deal with that? You know, it's like you go in these places and they say, you go, well, what's, what's going on? They say, well, we don't do that anymore because of COVID. And you go, it's like it doesn't make any sense. And Shelly's sitting in here. And I mean, if anybody's been to Walmart, I don't, I, I don't understand this policy of going in and out at the one door. Because you always park way over there and then you find out the door is way over there and you got to go walk in the door. <laughs> so all this stuff's changed, you know. Um, and so what's next? You know, what's next for church? And I just want to say this. One thing is not going to change. Our purpose, your purpose is not going to change. Yeah. Sometimes we go through hard times, you know, and people think their purpose changes. There are people who go through a, a divorce or they'll go through something traumatic or they'll go through a serious illness or an accident, and then they come out of it, and it's almost like they're, uh, they're a different person, you know. And I just want to say this, that God has no plan B for our lives. There's no plan B. There's only his plan. And so whenever we go through life, doesn't matter what we go through, uh, his plans don't change. And so that's what we're talking about. What's next? Well, what's next is we're going to get about doing what God's called us to do as this church and as people. But before we get into the word, let's just pray today and uh, ask God to teach us his word. Father, I thank you for this time with just your church body. I thank you for this family. 
really ask God that everyone that's here today, Lord, that you would protect them. I pray for a physical protection. I pray for a spiritual protection. I know, Lord, that the enemy doesn't want us here, and I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that everybody here will be healthy and whole as they leave here today and that they will not get this disease. And I thank you for Becky's testimony. I thank you for her healing. But, Lord, I just ask also that, that no one in this room would get this thing or any other thing. And I just pray for divine health over all of us. And, God, as I teach your word this morning, I ask that your spirit would teach us. Lead us into these truths, God. Uh, some of them are a little hard to understand, and I just pray, Father, that your spirit would do the interpretation and that you would help me, God, to have the words to be able to communicate what you've put in my heart through your word. So, God, as, as usual, whatever you want to do, God, we give you freedom to do it right now in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, you know, the devil, he, he tries relentlessly to keep us out of church. He, he, he has for thousands of years, he's had a plan to keep us away from God's purpose. What is Jesus' purpose? Jesus' purpose is to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus came to do, says it in John three seventeen. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to not judge the world, but through him the world could be saved. That's what he came to do. And the enemy has come relentlessly after that and always tried to disrupt it because after Jesus finds the lost and saves the lost, he wants to bring them into a loving community, his family, which is the church. He wants to bring people into this church, any church, so that he can grow them in, in a loving environment. That's what Jesus' plan is. And the enemy, he fights that so much. Over, over all the years of church, the, the main thing the enemies come against is the assembling of the, of the church. Because assembling is what we're called to do. That's where the power is in the church. That's where healing is in the church. We are the body of Christ. And it's in the fullness of this body that we see God manifest in the world. So the enemy, he has come after this over and over again. There's, there's countries today where it's illegal for the church to assemble, Christian churches. They have to be underground because he keeps coming after this right to assemble. So I just want you to know, with uh, no uncertain terms, this whole pandemic has the devil's fingerprints all over it. And we don't have to wonder where it's from. It's from the enemy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and especially the work of God on the earth. And the, one of the main things he wants to do is keep you out of here because this is where it really does happen. The second way that the enemy comes against the church, just the first way is he keeps us from assembling. The second way is he, he attacks church leadership. You know, that, that, you hear that and we ask you to pray for church leaders, and, and I, I pray for you. Many of you guys are church leaders, and I know that uh, when we're in leadership in a church that the enemy comes against us with all he's got. He wants to discredit us. He wants us to get discouraged, and he wants us to sit down and stop doing our ministry. And I just want to go back and say what I said at the first. God's plan doesn't change. And we can't allow the enemy to come in and shut us down because if we're leaders in a church, we have to stand up and we have to persevere and we have to go through things. You know, even at the very beginning of church, 
whenever Jesus said, Peter, you're the rock, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church. And Peter was known as the first pope of the church, of the Roman Catholic Church. You know, Peter was the leader of all the disciples. He was the lead guy. And right at the beginning of church, the devil wanted to shut it down. And how did he do it? Well, he wanted to come after the leader. And you get this strange couple of verses in Luke chapter 22 where Jesus, who knew everything, was privy to what Satan's plan was, and he, wanted, he, he, he exposed that plan. And we learn a lot by reading these verses about what the enemy's plans are. He says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, in these two verses, in these two verses, I find five different things that expose the enemy's plan and five different things that mean something to us after going through a difficult time. Now, we've gone through a difficult time. I, I know that this pandemic has affected everyone in this room, some of you in one way, some of you in another way, but it has been a difficult time for us all. And you know that many times the enemy brings something into our life, just like he said here. He said that he's asked to have you, Peter. That's what Jesus said. He said the devil's come and he's asked to have you. Just like he did in the book of Job when he, Satan went before God and he said, have you considered your servant Job? He wanted to get into Job's life. He wanted Job to curse God. And that's what he did. He said, he came to Jesus and he said, he wants Peter and he wants to sift him like wheat. So the first thing we see is that Jesus allowed Peter to be sifted. God allows difficult circumstances. Now, this is something we're going to talk about in a minute in detail, but that's a difficult concept to get around, that God many times allows difficult circumstances to come into our life. Number two, Jesus says, He's going to pray for him. Now, if you're like me, whenever, he, whenever Jesus came to Peter and he said, Simon, Simon, you know, Satan's asked if he can have you and he wants to sift you. If I was Peter, I would say, no, Lord, I don't, I don't want you to have him. So just tell him no. I can't, you know, you're in charge of everything. Just tell him no. But he didn't do that. He allowed him to go through this difficult time. And then he says, I'm going to pray for you. It almost sounds like what we say to people sometimes when they're going through a hard time. Well, I'll pray for you, brother. And it sounds kind of weak. And I'm sure it sounded kind of weak to Peter. But number three, that it's his faith that's being tested. And number four, his return was inevitable. And number five, God's plan doesn't change. You see, if you look back at those verses, you realize that he was saying, Satan's asked for you that he can sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. These five principles are found in those verses. So number one, God allows this time of testing. Why would God allow his children to go through such a hard time? Why would God allow pandemics to come? Why would God allow any of the bad things that happen in our lives, why would God allow these things to happen? And I think that Oswald Chambers, he really gives us a clear picture of why God allows these things to happen. He says this, first, God gives us the vision. And you stop right there. What's the vision that God gives you? 
What's the vision that God has given each and every one of us? It's your created destiny. It's your prophetic destiny that God speaks over you. It's the reason that God's created you. He gives us the vision. And then after he gives you a vision for your life, he takes you down into the valley and batters us into the shape of that vision. This is something we don't like to talk about. I think a lot of times as Christians, we think we're immune or we're insulated against bad things happening in our life. But it's actually sometimes God allowing the devil to have freedom in our, in our lives to do something that's negative it, because he's got a purpose in it. I used to always think about it like cutting diamonds. It's like the diamond is really ugly in the rough, but whenever you cut the diamond and it makes it into what it was intended to be, the person that's cutting that diamond has something in their mind and they're cutting away the things that don't look like what they want. And that's how God does each one of us. There's a prophetic destiny. There's a vision that God has over my life, over your life. And we don't look like that when God gives us the vision. And sometimes whenever we go into life, he allows things into our life to chop off the things that keep us from being what we're not supposed to be. Trials and testings, God is brilliant. He uses those to make us into who we were created to be. So he takes us into the valley to batter us into the shape of the vision. And it's in the valley that many of us faint and give way. You see, that's why Jesus was praying for Peter, that he would have faith in the midst of the journey. Faith. He was praying that his faith wouldn't fail. His faith in what? Well, we saw it in James chapter 1, verse 17, that God is good and he only gives good gifts. One thing that we find is when we go through difficult times, we slip into this deal of doubting God's goodness or doubting that what he's doing in our life is for our good. It's painful. We don't want to go through it. It's just like Peter. He's like, I don't want to go through this, Lord. I don't want to be sifted as wheat. But he does. Because God wants to cut away everything that doesn't look like what God's created us to be. And we're not to faint and give way in the midst of the valley. And he says that every vision will be made real if we have patience. Patience. Do you remember what patience is? It's waiting with an expectation for good. That's what the word means, patience. It's not just sitting around twiddling your thumb waiting for it to be over. It's waiting with expectation that there's something good going to come from it. Because God knows what he's doing, and he knows how to shape us into the vision that he has for our life. Let me show you how it works. With Paul, you know, Paul was Saul, and he was a Pharisee, and he was persecuting the church, and the vision that God had for Paul whenever he created him was he wanted him to be the apostle that goes into the Gentile world and wins the Gentile world for Christ. The vision that God had for Paul was that he would write 13 books in our New Testament. The vision that God had for Paul was that he would, he would start scores of churches all over Asia and all over the Middle East. Yet Paul was a Pharisee. He was not what God wanted him to be. And so you begin to see a lot of trials and a lot of things that Paul had to go through, difficult circumstances that actually changed the course of Paul's life. And then you get into the midst of his life, and he has these peculiar verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, I've received all these wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from being proud... 
I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast of my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Now, I know we're familiar with this story. I know we're familiar with the fact that Paul had this thorn in his side and that God wouldn't heal him. But I want you to look closely at these verses of what he's saying. He's saying there was something in my life that God knew was there, this pride, because he had been raised as a Pharisee, and Pharisees were steeped in pride. They were proud of their knowledge. They were proud of their clothes, their dress. They, they, they were proud of their phylacteries they had on their arm and on their forehead. They were proud of all this stuff, and they would walk around, and they would want people to call them, you know, rabbi, and they had so much pride in them. And when God changed Paul's life, he said, I want that pride gone. And so he allowed this difficulty in Paul's life so that Paul could be humbled and become who he was supposed to be. This was a part of Christianity that doesn't get talked about very much because nobody likes it. There's sometimes that we have things in our life that God has allowed to come in. Sometimes it's difficult things. Sometimes it's terrible things. But if you have faith and you have patience and expectation for God doing good, you know that he's going to take that and he's going to work it for your good. And he's going to chip away things that don't need to be in your life so that you can be who God created you to be. I mean, look at Romans 8, 18 out of the Phillips translation. It says that whatever we may have to go through now is nothing compared to the magnificent future that God has for us. Now think about Peter. Go back to that verse about Peter. And think about Peter before he was sifted like wheat, before he denied Jesus three times. And I don't know if you know this, but denying Jesus is the sin that will send you to hell. And Peter did it three times. It was a bad, it was a bad sin. But before Peter was arrogant, he was prideful, he, he, was, he was kind of bossy, and he, he was quick to speak, and sometimes he didn't even know what he was saying. But after he was sifted, Peter became one of the greatest apostles in history. Acts 5.15, they said that people were running to get into Peter's shadow because when his shadow passed by, people were being healed just because the shadow touched them. Peter had been with Jesus three years he had seen Jesus heal scores of people. He never saw Jesus heal one with his shadow. John 14, 12 says that greater works than these you will do. But Peter couldn't have gone through that. I mean, Peter wouldn't have been in that power if he hadn't gone through what he went through. If Jesus hadn't allowed Satan to sift him like wheat and get rid of all that mess that didn't need to be in his life, he would not have walked in the power you see, the, the thing that we're beginning to see here is that many times we go through difficult seasons and we need to learn from it and not whine about it. 
We need to glean from it what we can. We need to understand that God has a plan, and many times he is so, it, it's so brilliant how he brings things into our life to get rid of pride. Because it's only through humility that you have power. Did you, did you notice that verse before? He said, this was Paul, he said, Now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Do we realize that the power of Christ works through humility and through weakness? We're always so busy trying to be, I don't know, greater than we really are. We're always so busy trying to act like, you know, we're the strong man in the room or the smart guy in the room or we're the most spiritual person in the room. And the truth is his real power works through your weakness. It works through humility. And instead of running from things that sometimes are good for us, we should embrace them and learn from them and understand that God has a plan and that we're to be patient in that plan and allow God's perfect work to come through us. God allows these difficult times, and Jesus prays for us. Now, you know, when Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you, it was like, it's not weak because he knows how to pray for us. The reason he knows how to pray for us is because he himself went through what I'm talking about. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. It says that God did the right thing when he made Jesus perfect through suffering. Now, this is a perplexing verse. Because you say, well, Jesus was perfect because he didn't sin. That's true. So he's not making him perfect through suffering in that way. The word here means complete. He made Jesus' life complete. He brought it to completion through the suffering because suffering in Jesus' life was part of his prophetic destiny that he had to live out and embrace to fulfill who he was. If Jesus had not learned, if, if, what it means there is he came to completion by the suffering because he couldn't have hung on the cross and said it's finished because it wouldn't have been completed if he hadn't gone through everything he went through. Sometimes our roads are tough. Sometimes people's roads are tougher than others. And sometimes we get jealous by looking at other people's lives and thinking, oh, they've got it easy compared to me. And that's true. But you know, there's many times things are in our life and they're in our life for a long period of time because God is teaching us through it. God is doing something in us. God is using this circumstance to bring you to where you need to be. Learning to embrace that is one of the hardest things we can do. But Jesus prays for us because he knows the process because he's been through it. And it's our faith that's tested. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let that patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Do you see the connection between difficult trials, it working in you to help you be, and there it goes again, to help you to be complete and perfected and lacking in nothing? Do you see that it takes sometimes suffering that we go through and we learn patience, we, we learn to go through it with a faith, and then suddenly he can bring us to completion, he can bring us into the life? I think so many people don't know their destiny in God because they're always wanting to take the easiest road. When God calls them into faith, 
sometimes there's a little bit of suffering. You know, when God calls a person like the rich young ruler to give away everything he has and to follow him, that would have involved a great deal of suffering that he was not willing to do. And Jesus said he went away sad. Why? He missed the life he was created to live. Does it mean he went to hell? Not necessarily. It just means God created him for something, and he wasn't willing to suffer to go through it to be able to become what it was. Okay. <laughs> Returning is inevitable. We suffer through times, you know, and I think this, this pandemic has taken a toll on a lot of people. I think a lot of people feel a million miles away from God because a lot of people feel a million miles away from church. And I, um, I just want to tell you that your return is inevitable. God will not give up on you. You look at Peter's life and what he went through, and he denied the Lord, and he allowed condemnation. Uh, he allowed, you know, just this discouragement to get on him, and it caused him to quit being the apostle that he was and to go back into fishing. Our return to God is inevitable. Whenever he did that, Jesus showed back up on the shore of the lake and called Peter to himself and said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes. And he said, well, then feed my sheep. You see, God was calling Peter back to himself. This is such an important thing. No matter what you go through in life, and you can go through these difficulties, and you can find yourself feeling a long ways away from God, or you can feel like, you know, God's not really working the miracle right now, or not, God's not really doing what I, I want him to do right now. And I just want to say to you that God has not abandoned you, and God will not give up on you, and God will bring you back into your fullness. He will bring you back. It's inevitable. When I was preparing this, I could just see in my mind's eye that there's so many people that try to live a life that's not theirs. There's so many people that think they're a drug addict, and God didn't create them to be a drug addict. They're not a drug addict. Yet they keep trying to live these lives that it's not God's plan, and they keep having such a hard time, and they don't understand that it's that it's that chastening of the Lord. It's that difficult situation where God's trying to narrow their lanes, so to speak, and put them on the road that he's created them to walk. Yet they keep trying to go against it. I, I think there's so many people that are so unhappy in life, and it's as simple as allowing the difficulties of your life to teach you and to bring you into the place that God wants you to be in. This is how God directs our path. This is how God takes us down the road to become who he wants us to become. Derek Prince, he says this about Satan. Two of his greatest and most frequently used weapons against God's people are condemnation and discouragement. This is so true. Because when we go through life, we get this idea that we're somehow not going to go through anything that's difficult. And we do. We go through pandemics just like everybody else goes through the pandemic. And sometimes it's, it's been very revealing what comes up in us through these times of trial, through these times of isolation. 
You, you, you may have observed things about yourself when you've had to spend so much time alone or you've had to spend so much time thinking about stuff. There's, there's things that come up in us. And, and sometimes they're revealing. And we should learn from those things. So what's next? What's next is we're going to go into our purpose because God's plan has never changed. Right now, we can't have classes. Right now, we can't have healing rooms or prophetic rooms. Right now, we can't have a lot of different things in this church. But we have been called to do these things, and God's plan has not changed. This has been a difficult season. I, I'm not lying to you. But you know what? I've learned a lot through this. And I hope that you've learned a lot through this. I hope that you've grown through this. I feel like our church is going to come out of this and be stronger and be better because of this. I said it when we started it, and I still believe it today. It has been said that the greatest trials happen before the greatest breakthroughs. And I believe that because this book is full of it. Moses, a murderer, ran away from his destiny, ran away from his called purpose, because he felt like he had messed it up. So he's out in the middle of nowhere, and God shows up and calls him back to himself in a burning bush. And what does he do? He comes back into his destiny. Went through a really hard time. Abraham offering Isaac, you know, God called him to lay his only son on that altar. And that was the most difficult trial a person could go through. But because Abraham was so obedient, it was right after that that his his life turned into who he was supposed to be, the father of many nations. David at Ziklag, before he was king, he, he faced mutiny because Ziklag had been burned to the ground and all their children and wives had been taken captive. It said the men wept and wept till they couldn't weep anymore. It was a terrible time for David. They were wanting to stone him. And this was before he was king. And he said he had to stop and strengthen himself in the Lord. But it was right after that that he left Ziklag and went to Hebron. And what happened? That was where he was first anointed king of Judah. These difficult situations come, and they're not to be wasted. These difficult trials come, and we go through them, but we're not supposed to just say, woe is me. We're supposed to say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in our life? What are you doing in our church? Jesus had to pray that prayer in the garden where he had drops of blood coming down before the resurrection. There's difficult times that precede tremendous breakthrough. I preach this sermon. I know that it's not. <laughs> I know it's not popular, and I know that it's, uh, it can be a little heavy. But I preach this because I truly believe that what's next is a tremendous breakthrough. I believe what's next is a tremendous breakthrough. Breakthrough in tons of areas. We've come up against so many glass ceilings in the history of our church. We started this church because we wanted to see more power from God. We started this church because we wanted to see people healed. And we've seen people we've prayed for die. And I just don't think that's God's heart. And I believe this is a place of power. 
And I don't understand some of the things we go through. We've been through a lot of trials. In every one, we've come out better than we went in. And I'm telling you this, this is a huge trial. And we are going to come out better than we went in. Not because we'll be have more numbers or any of that stuff. I do believe that'll happen, but that's not the point. What the point is, is that we will become the powerful church that God had put in our heart. You see, that's the prophetic destiny of this house. And I believe all of these things that we're going through are preparing us. They're knocking off the things that do not matter. And what's going to last is what God wants to last. And that's why I believe for breakthrough. God knows how to prepare us for what's next. I'm not an end times preacher, but I can tell you this, that the end times are coming, and they're going to be full of a lot of weird stuff, a lot of difficult stuff. And the church, at the same time, the church is being attacked and overcome sometimes. The church grows to power, and the whole world is reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's two things there that happen, people. And I believe we're going to end up being a powerful church. And we're going to learn to do church in the midst of trial. And we're going to learn to go through it, walking on the water, so to speak, rather than drowning in it. It's going to be a powerful, powerful time. I just want you to believe with me. I want you to have faith with me. And I want you to just be here. Be here and be who God called you to be. So important. Some of you think you're a nobody. There's no nobodies. You've been through a lot of hard stuff. That just means you're probably really important. The ones that go through the hardest stuff, they're usually the most powerful. So I'm just telling you to just not give up on yourself. And don't let it be business as usual. Let God begin to work and germinate in your heart some faith that's going to allow you to rise up and be who God created you to be. I really do believe that 2020 started in that focus of being healthy, happy, and whole. And I believe that at the end of this year, when we look back, we're going to be shocked at how much better we are at the end of this year than when we began. That's hard to believe right now. But it's going to happen. Okay. We're not going to have a ministry team. I'm going to minister from up here. And um, Robert Martin had a word in worship. Robert, will you come? We have a microphone over there somewhere. Okay. Robert, share your word, and we're going to minister at this, in this word. And then I've got a couple of other things we want to pray about. I just wanted to share from uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8, 9, and uh, 17. Uh, it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. For a lot of affliction... For a light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And uh, about a month ago, I was in a really tough place. Uh, about a week or two of it, I didn't think I was going to make it through with the coronavirus. And the Lord just uh, shared something with me. And uh, I just really believe that uh, to speak against the spirit of fear that has come against the church. And also what Paul he said in Romans chapter 12, that he's given each of us a measure of faith. And I believe that uh, this morning the Lord, it's already in us. We just need to activate it. Amen. And uh, 
and what we're going through, just like Pastor Harold said, we're just going to come out even better than before, more powerful, and to accomplish God's will on this earth. Amen. So, in a minute we're going to pray, and, and if you feel fear, um, I want you to stand because we want to pray against the spirit of fear. Um, I also want to pray for those that feel like they're dry and far away from God. I know being out of church for so long, it's real easy to drift away, and uh, I want to pray for you as well. Um, so if you, if you have fear and you feel like you're dry and you're really far away from God and you need prayer, I want you to stand um, right now. Also, if you, if you feel like you're far away from your created purpose, like, you know, your created purpose is way over here and you feel like you're way over here, I just want to pray for you too because it shouldn't be that way. And I just want to tell you this. If you're way over here and your created purpose is way over here, the, the shortcut across here is grace. God can take you where you're supposed to be in such a short amount of time, and that's God's work. And I also want to pray for you if you're sick, physically, emotionally, because I'm believing for breakthrough in this hour. I'm believing that where there's been powerlessness, there will be power released in this house. I believe that just meeting today in faith, and moving forward and putting this thing under our feet is a step that we need to take. And God, God always honors faith, always. So if you would, just close your eyes with me, open your hearts, receive what God wants to bring to you this morning. God, I pray first of all for those that are in fear. I speak to the spirit of fear and tell it to leave right now in Jesus' name. God doesn't give a spirit of fear, and it doesn't belong here. We're just going to just blow it out of the room, and we just say it needs to go right now. And it will go, because it has to go. Because the authority that Jesus has given to the church is real. And he said that we have the power to bind, and we have the power to release. We have been given the power over the enemy, and we walk upon his head. And I say to the spirit of fear now, leave. Every one of your children, God, just... Make them fearless, not full of fear. And I pray now, God, in the name of Jesus, that if there's anyone sick in this room, that the light of your word would begin to shine on that sickness and the fire of God, the consuming fire that you are, would begin to burn it out of their life. That there would be a physical feeling of heat right now in that place of torment, that it would go right now and that the fire would burn that out of their life right now that people would be purged of any sickness right now, God. I speak over this congregation a sound mind that every emotional thing that's going on that would need to be straightened out now. And we pray for the, just the, the sound mind that you've promised us through your spirit would just flood this room, God, and that every, every wire would be reconnected properly, God. Every synapse, everything that's in our brain, everything would begin to operate the way you've created it to operate. I speak to chemical imbalances in people's bodies right now, and I say, be normalized. God said he made you, and it was good. And I call you back into that created state that you would be in balance, that there would not be things out of whack inside your body. And God, I just pray for the, 
the, the dryness, the, the water of your spirit would just begin to flood your people's hearts and that the water of your spirit would just refresh them right now and they could feel it. God, that your grace would take them from one place in the back of the desert all the way back into their purpose, God, right now. That they would receive that in faith. Lord, I thank you that you've given us power. It says it in your word. I believe it. And we speak over this congregation. And we, we speak power over it. I pray, Father, that those that are in this room right now, that they would go forth in faith and in boldness and confidence and pray for the sick and they would cast out demons and they would tell people about Jesus and they would, they would actually just walk out into the world, God, and be your vessels of righteousness and the gospel everywhere they go. That there be no fear over this congregation about sharing their faith or carrying what you've put inside of people. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord, for the way you've knitted us together. And I pray, Father, that as we leave this place today, that you would be glorified by the things that you see happen here, not just in this building, but in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you, God, that it's a time of breakthrough. It's a time of breakthrough. And we believe that. We thank you for sustaining us through this whole mess. And now, Lord, we, we eagerly anticipate what you're going to begin to do in our hearts. And we pray that in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming today. We love you. And uh, we'll see you all next week.